Welcome to the Talent Rebelcast. My name is Elin Bailey, and along with me is my co-host, Tracy Parsons. Tracy and I have been getting together for what seems like forever now to, well, chit-chat about talent. One day after a few too many cocktails, we thought, what the heck, let's press record, and that's how we got here. We hope you'll listen in and find this a little bit fun, interesting, and just the teeniest bit inspiring. So without further ado, let's get this party started. <laughs> Welcome. Here we are. I'm not even saying good morning because it's like good mid-morning. Sure. And I guess sure. it's afternoon for you. It's always afternoon for you. It is, but you know, sometimes it's morning because you're just such a good early bird. And really? uh, yeah, I've okay. just been going with, with, hi. I know you, I don't, it's it's a time. Well, it's so funny that I think about this so much every time I say that. And I think, you know, when people are listening to this, maybe it's the morning for them. Maybe it's the evening. Maybe it's like, I don't know. Maybe they're on the moon somewhere. I don't know the answers to these questions. And I probably shouldn't be making it feel too kind of timestamp in that way. I mean, I guess, but there's also, I think it's also fun that people know when we're recording and when we're having this conversation and maybe there, there are people out there studying our moods based on the recording time. I don't know. Maybe there I are. Oh my not. God. <laughs> like, oh my God. I don't think that maybe, I don't know. That would be, hmm. Hey, did you know, I have something to tell you. I don't think I've told you this yet. I was looking at our um, download and yeah. we have um, gone over 2000 downloads. Oh my gosh. That's right? so many. That's right? so many. I know. That's what I thought. I was like, what are people? Okay, cool. Thanks, you guys. Right? I know. So thank you, everybody. That's pretty awesome. I'm pretty excited about that. So we're going to chat today, if you're up for it, on a topic that has been um, brewing in the back of my head for the last couple of weeks while I've been working on some stuff. I, I have multiple personalities about it. I, I want to talk about career site. Oh, boy. Let me pose my psychological dilemma to you. One, as a marketer by trade, I have been fully indoctrinated into the belief that providing good content is compelling content is really, really important to getting people to buy into your core message and wanting to engage with you and et cetera. And a career site allows you the opportunity to get some of that out there in a very specific way around, around your jobs and careers. Okay. And also, you know, it, it lets people know where they can go and actually get information about who you are as a company more directly if they want to do self-explore. The other part of my thought process is, do people really read any of this shit anyway? Honestly, thinking about job seeker behavior, What are people looking for on a career site? And I think at the end of the day, if I even think about my own behavior, if I think about most people's behavior, it is, I already know about who you are. So I got it from someplace else. There's some reason I'm coming to apply to your job. Maybe it's from a job board. Maybe it's from um, a social posting I saw somewhere, et cetera. And I'm going to your site and I'm not searching for information about your benefits. I'm deciding I'm going to go ahead and apply. Then seeing how things go, if I can find the job and actually apply for it, um, then I'll ask you for benefits information, et cetera, afterward. I don't know. I, I just, I don't know whether having a career site is worth it and what you would even put on it to make it valuable to people anymore. I just think our <laughs> paradigms are shifting. So you're laughing at me. Well, what do you think? See, I'm so, I'm not, oh, I, I am so, I am so not laughing at you. That is the opposite of what's happening. I'm laughing at this whole scenario, right? And how everything shifts and changes 
And it's just this constant world in flux moment. And I remember early, early, early in my career, I left one of the big firms because I thought career websites were where it was going to be at. And when I say early, I mean like 97, right? And so I was like, career websites, that's where it's going to be at. And it took forever for it to get there. And now I think about like, I think about a career website in the same way I think about a product website, right? Am I really going there to learn anything or am I going there to transact? Well, exactly. And I think as a marketer, I want them to go and learn things, right? But I don't think they're doing that. However, now let me, let me, let me play devil's advocate on this one. If I don't, so part of the the paradigm has been um, creating your career site and using a hub and spoke marketing model, right? Yes. And knowing that people may not be going directly to your career site to find information proactively on their own, but it becomes the landing place and the place for you to organize and drive information and create customer journeys so that you can send people there through your marketing, right? So you're linking it gives you a place to house your stuff and to manage the journey and to send people to very directly to very specific pieces of content. If you don't have, uh, where do you put that stuff if you don't create some sort of career site? I think that is exactly why you have a career site. I just don't think many people are doing that. Yeah, true, true. But I think part of the problem so, statement is, is that They don't know what to put on the career site to do that, right? Because if it's really a hub and spoke model, then it should really have that content has to be evolving, changing content, right? That you're pushing people to. And career sites usually are built and are a landing page that sits on your company, on your company site. And it doesn't get touched after it gets built. Like you put static content on it. Yeah. And so this is this is one of the reasons that I'm vexed always by career websites. A, the tech that we have accessible in our industry right now is woefully lacking. There are some bright spots. I'm not saying everybody's terrible at this. But the fact that if I want to go stand up microsite, a career landing page or a career landing site for a customer specifically for a business unit or a line of business, it's easier for me to go to Squarespace or Wix to stand this up and then link it back to the jobs on their ATS. We should not have to use outside tools because we cannot just simply and readily build websites and landing pages for careers. And then we don't spend any effort maintaining that content. So not only is it a lack of strategy, it's also a lack of technology. So when you have those two things, you get where we are today. But everybody has a career website, landing page, whatever, that basically lays out who they are as an employer, probably has a few videos, likely has a lot more stock photography, and then we're driving people to search and transact. So essentially, what we could have done years ago, which is really focused on that journey, focused on that hub and spoke model, but because we didn't focus on the strategy and the technology, We've now trained job seekers for the last 20 plus years to go to our site, search and transact. But see, I think what you just said there is the key to this, right? That the hub and spoke model makes perfect sense from a marketing paradigm perspective, but we have now trained job seekers. Their behavior patterns 
don't align to our desire to drive a hub and spoke model. They are now have very transactional behavior models when it comes to interacting with our website content. So even if mm-hmm. you now turn into an I, by the way, I, I know some fabulous people out there. I could probably do some calls, but I'm not going to do it. The moment who have built some beautiful career sites and, and are using a yes. spoke model and are putting in some really good um, engaging content, et cetera. I still don't think it has any value, real value out there and people are leveraging and using it because people's behavior is, I want a job, I go hunt for a job, I apply for a job, or I, I somehow give, tell you who I am. That they're not out there just pushing to that content. So I will tell you that I have some data from customers that tells me that you're absolutely correct. So the average number of page visits, page views, page views, for most career sites is just over three, yeah. 3.2, 3.3. Average time on site, less than three minutes. There, they're not consuming. I will say I did, I, I will say I did see a huge anomaly post COVID, like right at about a year ago. I saw average views went up across the customer base by about 30%. Oh, really? so the number of the number of pages people looked at went up about 30% about a year ago and it's kind of stayed there it was it was lower it was 20 30% lower before in early 2020 and the assessment that i made was that they're now they're thinking more hard like they they need to know a little bit more about you how are you handling this are you going to keep me safe it was when we started talking about the maslow hierarchy of needs and how we need to really kind of go down the ladder in terms of our content, in terms of our, and and what we're we're talking about. And they did the time on site also increased during that period. And it stayed about the same. But again, if somebody is on your website for three minutes and 22 seconds, how much are you really going to be able to tell them your story? It cannot be the place that you're, you're building your story off of. It just can't be because that's not where they're going to get it. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think behaviors um, follow that pattern um, at all. Which, I, by the way, I think is hugely challenging because I think this is um, it's unbelievably I, challenging. I don't know, and I, and I'm saying this because I just went through the process of having to stand up a career site, right? And the dilemma I faced as I was putting it up together, and I was like, okay. By the way, I had some great technology partners, which if they would love to sponsor us, I'll talk about them more later. But I have some great technology partners who did allow me to very easily create a landing page. But because I have multiple okay. brands, right? I, I had like three different landing pages. So I ended up having to put one kind of uh, career site page together that I can link all of those job hurt pages off of. But do you mm-hmm. know how challenged I knew I only wanted one page? And I sat there for like, it took me days just staring at it, thinking what content is interesting enough to put on here? So that the page looks compelling enough that people will go and click on the jobs because I can't, I have to get them to go click on the jobs. It's not just going to be the straight jobs. And my biggest concern was that no matter what I put on this page, it's going to look like fluff and people are just going to try and figure out how to scroll past it. And how do I set this up so that it doesn't look like a blank page with just a button on it that says here to see the jobs for this, this brand or click here for this brand. And I really, that's, I'm very close. I was very close to doing that. I ended up with like two little pieces of content that said, if you're this, come check out one of these three things and go apply for a job. Because everything else seemed like irrelevant content at this point. 
in their journey. We actually had a customer come to us um, and they had a, it was a hair on fire moment. We have to stand up. We have to have jobs served up to people on a website, custom URL, new ATS implementation, new brand. We don't even have a brand yet. Uh Like we don't have an EVP. We don't know what we stand for. We're a brand spanking new company. Like this is brand new. We don't, nobody knows what we're talking about. We literally stood up logo, list of jobs, search box so that they could filter in a couple different ways. Conversions didn't change materially when we launched the big website. Didn't change at all, did it? Really? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, there might have been a lift. There might have been a lift. So it begs the question, is a career site just the uh, just the ego project of the company? Well, this is what that's exactly what I was just saying is that uh, thinking when you when you described that I said, so, OK, so then they went and put a whole career site around this. What you basically had was a job listing page. And if mm-hmm. we didn't see any real dramatic uptick or change in, in applicant behavior, lead capture behavior, then at the end of the day, it is just an ego project, isn't it? Yeah, I do think there was a lift because I was surprised that it didn't drop, right? We made it so easy. You landed here, here are the jobs, find your job and apply. And then we we created a few little needless barriers, but they're not needless barriers. Quite frankly, these are the important barriers. And now this is where you're going to Jekyll and Hyde me on this topic. If we have issues with quality, and everyone does, you have to infuse more friction in the front. You have to infuse more friction in the education phase so that you can reduce friction in the application phase. You have to make it so they have to jump through a few hoops to know that if they're going to fit in here. We've got to rethink the way we do career sites to make them much more screen in, screen out, and much less ego project. So now I'm going to riff off of what you just said and say, I think the challenge here actually has to do with our paradigm of what we're, what our call to action is for people in the first place on these sites. You're absolutely right. You, you know, I've, I've ranted on this one in a million different ways. Driving applicant volumes is not going to help you increase your quality. And it's only going to increase your recruiter labor trying to screen people who are relevant out of that mix. The challenge is, what are the barriers that you put up in front? And are there barriers or should we just be providing a better, more direct path for what we want people to do? Like, so for example, and I'm thinking about this thinking, gosh, maybe I need to go change my website around a little bit. But the truth of the matter is, what I want people to do, right, as I start to, once I get to a kind of pivot point on the brand and we're actually kind of building out in that space is I don't want people to apply for jobs. I want them to send me the resume. I want to give them my CRM so that I can start matching them to opportunities. That call to action has to be the prevalent one within the system rather than driving them straight to the apply. When you talk about putting friction into the career site, what I think some people may be hearing is, and I'm not I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I think what some people are hearing is the more content I put up that people have to wheedle them way through to understand who I am, they'll decide not to, to engage or to go any further. And so I'll only get people to apply who are relevant or interested in me. And I don't think that's true if you put a whole bunch of content up front. Because I agree. I the day the people who are irrelevant, we're going to read that content anyway. They're just hitting the apply button as soon Correct. as Correct. No, and I think what I, let me, let me, let me double down a little bit on the friction idea. 
it's not about more content. It's about relevant content. It's, yeah. And it's about being super effing direct about who you are, what you stand for, and what it's like to work there. And I think that's key, right? That, so that's the thing I think we're missing because we oftentimes use the career site as a marketing tool, which it right. is. But we're trying to do it in consumer marketing. We're trying to sell them on our company as a place to work, as opposed to selling them on our value as a match, right? I love what you're saying in terms of just send me your shit and I'll match you. But at the same time, they have to know if they're going to be a good fit. I mean, I've told the story a thousand times. You will see it on everybody's career site. Come here if you want to change the world. And then when you ask somebody what changing the world means to them, and they tell you some sort of crazy bullshit, like you're on call 24 seven and you have to be like your best self at three o'clock in the morning all the time. And there's no, then somebody might call you that's really important and fire you if you don't answer the phone with the right language. Like you're not telling people that. Instead, you're telling them to change the world. Of course, everybody's going to opt in for that message. Well, right. Because we're not, we're marketing a dream. We're not marketing reality. We have to market reality. We have to market reality. Yeah, yes, you are correct. And that I think is a couple of years ago after I went to that conference that um, Chad and Cheese were were nice enough to cult uh, brands, yeah, cult brands, and uh, to bring me to the takeaway I got from that is I, I still been inking in the back of my head this idea that to build a brand, to build something that people really want to be a part of you have to be able to give them a reason why it is different from what everything else is. You have to exclude people in order to make those who are included want to be fully engaged in there. So there's part of this story we have to tell in our brand story and in our career sites and et cetera. And and, and in a simple, simplistic way, you don't need a million pages to do this, that gives people a clear picture that says, this is us and it's not everybody is going to love this job. It's if you want these things, you're going to love this job. And by choosing to select it, you're entering into a club. And that starts to create that kind of affinity and hopefully a culture within your company that is where you're headed and trying to go to. There's a lot that has to connect dots here for people. 100%. So it was really, we just, we're just putting the wrappings on a new EVP for a customer. And the other thing that I want everybody to think about is it's not always what you put out there. It's sometimes how you put it out there. So for example, we turned in this, I'm really proud of this work. We, we turned this into the customer and a bunch of weeks went by and they were going through a lot of internal drama. So it was not like people were unhappy with it. We just didn't know where we stood. Like, did you like yeah. it? Did you not like it? There was no opportunity for us to present it. And they were like, just send it over. And I was like, I'm comfortable with that. That's not normally how we do it. And then we finally got a chance to present it. And so on the deliverable was this one page and it was just the title of this page was our rallying cry. This is this right here. This two paragraphs, this is who we are. So I read this to the customer in my very dramatic radio voice. She's like, I need you to stop there. I read that page 62 times. When I heard you say the words, I got it. As soon as I'm hearing you read these words to me as saying the words that you're written on the page that I've read countless times, I have chills and this speaks to me. So I'm grateful that you took the time to do this. So it's again, 
it's not just what you put on the page. It's how you deliver that message, right? right. So of course, of course, the, the next outcome is like, I'm going to do this as a voiceover for their video, right? So this is, you've got to, you've got to think about how the people consume the information and your rallying cry as a company should be very, very much. This is for you. And if it's not, that's totally fine. Right. You are going to have these characteristics specifically with these specific examples, or you can totally move on and we're cool with that. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a firm advocate of that, that rallying cry, that core essence of your value of who you are as a company is in terms of articulating very clearly who you are. And there's a juxtaposition from who you are to who you aren't. And, and who you aren't is just as important as being able to say who you are and how you display that and share that with people in a way that they're willing to consume makes a difference for their understanding of what that is. Because everybody's using the same the, the, the words are out there. Words are words. Language yes. is important. Yes. Deliver language in what format, in which location, with what tonality, all of that stuff um, makes a big difference. By the way, um, you know, welcome to the party, everybody. That's why this is marketing <laughs> and not just copywriting, right? right? By the way, copywriting, nice, good stuff. But this is, this is about um, understanding the experience you're generating. Yeah, because experiences drive how people are going to feel about it. Well, going back to the very beginning, right? You have to create a feeling. A feeling makes people think things and then they will do things. So how do you create feeling? Look at your career site. This is where I'm challenged. I go back to the, the main point. I go back to career sites now and I say, okay, 90% of the time, even on the old sites, I just put up myself. What is the value there in terms of what it's actually providing? And does it make people feel anything? And more content and more pages and trying to tell them in more ways the same thing doesn't necessarily evoke feeling or action. It just makes us feel better that we did it. We looked busy. I'm going to give you the pro tip that I give everybody. You just stood up your career site, right? Yeah. I would like and I would challenge you Mm -hmm. to pick four people who applied for your jobs. Good. Pick a good pick somebody who's a who's who's qualified. Yep. Somebody who's not qualified, pick a couple of different in-betweens, pick up the phone and call them. I will do that. Did you read my career site? Hey, I'm trying to make this better for job seekers everywhere. Can you just spend 15 minutes with me to make this better? And if you didn't read it, what would have made you read it? What information do you think we were lacking? If we had that information, would you have read it? It's five questions. Call them and ask them those questions. Have to do it. Definitely. Right. And you know, they're going to take your call because they just applied for a job for you. And make sure that you tell them at the beginning that you have, this has no influence over their next steps in this right. thing. That, right. yeah, I'm just the guy I'm that not, runs I'm the not that website. That's not yeah, what I'm I just get. the person that runs the career site. And this is not a thing. Um, <laughs> it's not an opportunity. I'm sorry. But, you know, help us make this better because we're genius group and that's, we're trying to be geniuses. So, exactly. We're trying to learn from our, we're trying to, to figure out and, and learn and figure out smarter ways to do things as we move forward. So that's the whole intent. So anyway, exciting. Thank you for, and by the way, a, a huge call out to you, Tracy, as I just went through this whole conversation, I stood up my website, but at the end of the day, what really I think is going to make the impact is um, <laughs> the communication and the, and the journeys that we've built out um, for people um, in terms of what we're doing with them once, once they're there and how we talk to them. And that's 
all to you and your group. I mean, you guys jumped in there and thank God. Every person who sees it, by the way, and who reads it and, and who goes through it is really compelled and excited. And I think it's changing the tone of our company in a really exciting way for people. So thank oh, you. You're awesome so welcome. Stuff. I want to say You're so awesome welcome. Stuff. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you for bearing with me on a topic that I'm sure many of you have heard a million times and think has been hashed over the coals um, in a million ways. But I think it's, this is the time for us to rethink this. How many things are we doing for ourselves versus through real value people? And, and how do we make this happen? And if you guys have ideas out there, I would love to see it. Send me links to your career site. Let's take a look at it. I'd love to see what people are doing. How simple and how complex do you think this needs to be? What's your strategy around it? Show us what you're proud of. If you have much longer time on site than our customers and you have a much uh, more higher yeah. amount of pages per session, please let us know so that we can, you know, hat tip you and get your get you some free promo. Absolutely. We're more than willing to do it. I want people to see the good stuff that's happening out there. together. You can reach out to us um, at the Talent Rebel Alliance. You can also reach us at T. Parsons and at Lynn Bailey um, on the Twitters. And we hope to hear from you soon. So that's it for today, everybody. And we will talk to you all soon. Have a great rest of your day and rest of your week and go do something fabulous with yourself today. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed yourself. The Talent Rebel Cast is part of the Talent Rebel Alliance. It's a movement connecting strong, independent, bossy, and well, sometimes feisty women in the talent industry. Together, we're on a mission to grow our ideas, our presence, our value, and our impact. Smart women connecting with smart women to support each other. It's as simple as that. We believe big things happen from simple ideas. If you want to join the Talent Rebel Alliance, come on over and check out our website at talentrebelalliance.com. We hope to hear from you soon. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analyst Sela Shifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics and hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts.